Welcome to the Foreclosure Deals Coach Podcast, your home for the mindset, methodology, and tools needed to be a successful foreclosure acquisition specialist. And now your host, the Foreclosure Deals Coach, Donnie Corum. Hello, 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 and welcome back to the Foreclosure Deals Coach Podcast. I am your host, Donnie Corum, your Foreclosure Deals Coach, recording from our downtown Denver studios with my main man and producer, Mr. Jonathan Winston. What's going on, brother? Oh, man, it's another day, man. We are consistently and out here getting it, so uh, I'm just ready to get back to it. Love it, man. So much going on with Foreclosure Marketplace. We have a, uh, a guest with us today. We are very fortunate to have the acclaimed Steve Pruitt with the Pruitt Group here at Colorado Springs, Colorado. Oh my God. How you doing, Steve? Who is this dude? Yeah, He's so cool. Thanks for having me on today. Glad to have you, man. This is awesome. I have known Steve for a very long time, and they, uh, you know, by the extent of the average age of a real estate agent, which is now 54. Oh, wow. I didn't know that. That's right. The average age of an agent is 54. Steve is a very young guy in the real estate field, but has been at this since, how old were you? I was 19 when I started. 19 when you started. So here we are, what, about 13 years in, right? Almost 15. 15 years in the game. Holy moly. Okay. So started at 19, 15 years later, this guy is a veteran and he's killing it. Um, the Pruitt Group covers a lot of areas. Just you know, give a brief overview on that, man. Like you do investments, you do luxury. What areas of the market are you covering mostly? What we've really tried to do is set up different divisions that go after different segments of the market so that we can really bring the most to our clients uh, throughout different areas of the market. So um, have a luxury division that uh, can do a lot of unique marketing, um, have an investment division that really loves to dive into and will help investors analyze the numbers behind buying whole property as well as flips. Love it. Um, and just try to you know serve the areas of the market well. Uh, but make sure that we're confident in bringing the most that we can to our clients. It's incredible. And it does add a new angle because obviously one of your fortes being in the younger generation of realtors is that you've got a great understanding of the marketing piece of this. How important is marketing right now in a market like we're in now and the ability to effectively market a property? I think it's still very crucial. I think it's one of the things that tends to lack a lot when we get into a busier market. Um, where when things sell quickly, a lot of agents will back off of the things that they're wanting or needing to do to market a property. And I think it can leave a lot um, to be desired for from the clientele and it can really underserve the market and it doesn't get noticed until we start to have a shift in the market. So That's so true. One so of true. Uh, our goals has been really to buckle down and continue to add more and be constantly looking at what we can add to that marketing mix uh, you know, throughout this market. So that as things shift, we're you know, even better prepared 
Sure. Well, so we're going to get your contact info on the show, but do reach out to Steve if you got some info. You know, you need some information on the investment side of the real estate, the luxury side. He, he's a retail agent that covers a lot of grounds. You can find him at Steve Pruitt. Just look for him on LinkedIn or locate him. I'll give you some opportunity to do some more contact info towards the end of the show. But let's get to it, okay? As always, we open up the show with an article, and I just picked up this article from Law Review that says they are no, not allowing foreclosures while you're reviewing your loan modification application, okay? Now, this is super important because one of the things that was happening in the foreclosure crisis of yore is that people would go to the bank looking to modify their loan. Now, whether you're in foreclosure or you want to buy a foreclosure, you need to understand how this works, okay? When you first get into a situation, your goal is generally to go to the lending institution and go, hey, I'm in trouble. How can we modify this loan? And if I can offer the listeners, if you are in trouble with foreclosure, any advice, do not not wait till the last minute on this, okay? Because you can get a loan modification done, and that could mean a wonderful amount of things. They could roll in your back payments into the loan. They could reduce your interest rate. They could put you on an interest-only payment until you catch up. Guys, there's lots of possibilities, but you've got to jump in and request a loan modification before you get too far behind on the payments, okay? So this is saying that while you're going through a loan modification application that they cannot foreclose. And they, they proposed that in the California Homeowners Bill of Rights, right? And a lot of people, they enacted this because there was blatant fraud going on where lenders were putting people into loan modifications. And while they were telling the homeowner, hey, we're working this out, they were foreclosing on them anyway. Oh, man, come on now. It's crazy, right? And it's so prevalent. So there's this huge case, Bustos versus Wells Fargo Bank. She's working on an application. There's a foreclosure process going on. They're assuring her she's going to be okay through the modification. So she stops making the payments. And in the end, they foreclose anyway. She loses the house, proceeds to sue Wells Fargo, turns to this big case, and all that's added to the homeowner's bill of rights. I'm not going to go into a bunch of detail on the actual story because we're going to post it on the foreclosure deals coach page where you can go ahead and read the entire article. But Steve, do you believe this is still happening? Do you think people are being foreclosed on while they're trying to modify it? I think banks will always you know, do what's in their own best interest and that you've got to be informed throughout the process. And you know whether that's digging into that with uh, an attorney to help review some of that stuff or really reading the fine print and what they're sending you um, or consulting with somebody in the local real estate market. Uh, I think that, you know, you've always got to have your own best interest in mind and, and you know, really know what you're getting into and never assume just because um, a rep on the other end of the phone line tells you one thing that that's uh, absolute truth. And I, I really want to reiterate that. That when you're talking to your lender, the bank represents the bank. Okay, and it's so important to remember they, they can tell you whatever they want. And guys, if you're a banker, like please do not send the hate mail that you guys the bankers are all evil. I'm not saying that at all. Okay. What I'm telling you is you have to understand if you're the homeowner and you're talking to the lending institution and you're in default to your contract because you're behind, they are now representing their best interest because they have to. They're not being bad guys, they're doing their job. Okay, so no matter what they tell you, just as Steve just said, consult with an expert, get some expertise behind it, get somebody else to look at the paperwork who understands it, you are probably out of your league. 
right? And that's not a bad thing, but there are resources out there. And I have to tell you, I really appreciate that you guys have been reaching out to me on LinkedIn, etc., asking me questions about your personal homes, asking me questions about buying investment property, etc. The whole purpose of the show is providing educational resource to people either facing foreclosure or people who want to buy foreclosures or invest in foreclosures, etc. Not just to have you guys listen to my wonderful voice for hours on end, but so you're getting something out of it. So if we can help, I want you to reach out so we can do just that. Incredible article. Please do take a look at it on the Foreclosure Deals Coach Facebook page. Uh, we're going to leave that at that so we can get going. Let's talk again, Steve, about what's going on in the retail marketplace. I mean, you're, you're in Colorado Springs, Colorado right now, arguably one of the hottest markets in the United States of America. Pretty awesome place to be. What's going on with inventory right now in this market? Well, in Colorado Springs, we definitely are at, you know, 10 to 15 year lows on inventory. Um, Colorado Springs is a unique market in the sense that we typically have essentially two markets, one in the lower price points that operates in one manner and a separate one in the $700,000 and up price points here that operates in a different one. Absolutely. Um, so our lower end market here, you know, over the last several years has certainly been low inventory, properties moving off the market quickly, uh, bidding wars, uh, different uh, things to that extent. Um, our upper end market has a mix of that and also you know, still a lack of buyers with the ability to purchase those types of properties and therefore you know, leading to some of those moving super quickly or then them sitting and languishing on the market for extended periods of time. Yep, it's so true. Once you pass the luxury market in Colorado Springs, which I would agree is probably that $700,000 bracket as you just mentioned, um, the, the inventory changes quite a bit and you can expect your days on market to be substantially longer. Is that right? Typically, yes. You know, and but on the other flip side of that, if you're selling something below 300, we're not really measuring that in days of mark days on market anymore, but rather hours hmm. on market. Would you agree with that? I would. I would think so for the most part. Uh, I think a lot of that still always goes back to where something is priced at in the market. That when you get limited inventory, um, a lot of times as prices get pushed, you know, you still get a few properties that sit on the market a little longer. So. The, yes, general consensus is you know things still priced appropriately are going to move off the market within a couple hours or within a day and, and multiple offers. Um, but I think as you get that limited inventory, you also see you know a group of that those properties that end up overpriced or a lot of things going off the market coming back mm -hmm. um, as people have analyzed those further. I agree with that. And I think um, what, what's fascinating about that lower end market is it seems like it's a great time to be an investor. You work with a lot of investors. Would you say, I mean, the investors are doing well? Obviously, on the sell side, if it's selling in a few hours, that's a no-brainer. But on the buy side, are you finding deals in the market right now? There are certainly still some deals on the market. And I think it's a matter of for investors analyzing and looking at you know, how they would typically buy investment property and what margins they're looking for as to what their approach is. So since there's limited inventory, the things that have actually come to market, there's certainly not as deep a margins for to fix and flip investors. There might have been in a market where there's more inventory to pick from. Um, they can a lot of times make that lack of margin up on the back end if there's competing offers on a property uh, or just the time uh, that they have to hold the property for less time than, than they would have in the past. Um, but I do think there are still deals out there to find. I think it's just a matter of being open to looking at you know, different possibilities instead of doing 
you know, complete renovation slips, looking at you know what can you buy and do the necessary things to fix up that make things go from not being financeable for in an area like ours. There's a lot of government back loans with FHA or VA home buyers mm-hmm. um, that need homes in a certain condition, and so I think there's opportunities in that market of just improving properties enough to make things financeable, um, as well as you know just. Uh, Finding things that you know can be bought and held for a little while when sure. we're in an appreciating market like we are. Sometimes, depending on how you're financing deals, um, you know, looking at the quick flip versus the something you buy and hold for a year or two with strong rental rates and an appreciating market that's going up seven to ten percent in a lot of our areas. Um, but, you know, there's lots of different ways to make money still in the market. It's just a little bit different than your traditional quick fix and flip with a full renovation or your you know, long-term buy and hold. I think in a tighter market, you've got to get a little bit more creative yeah, uh, as to how you structure those deals. Yeah, and I'll add to that. It's so important to brand yourself as some kind of expert in a certain field. The benefit to being in the game for 15 years, as, as you have, is you can afford to have multiple brands. Having a luxury division, an investment division, et cetera, makes sense. But if you're just getting started out, would you agree that it makes sense to put yourself into one niche and sort of focus on that niche so you can build your name there. I think it definitely can. I think it's a matter of delving into only what you can actually gain a knowledge base in and then accurately be able to represent clients in and talk knowledgeably, knowledgeably about. Mm-hmm. Um, at the end of the day, you know, every agent would love to have a plethora of investors to work with and be able to sell stuff to when they find deals. But if most agents won't go learn how to actually calculate those numbers behind things and be able to talk to an investor about it um, in the same way that they're looking at it, it really, I think, makes it hard for the investor to see much value in that agent relationship. Yes. Um, other than just if you're bringing in an off-market deal or that you know they need the exposure to MLS or other marketing that you bring to the table. So I think you know, throughout the investment market, throughout the investment market and throughout um, just retail real estate in general, um, it's the, the current market's forcing you know, agents to level up a little bit and, and know their craft better to actually have relevance to the end consumer, whether that be the investor um, and or the retail buyer or seller. And I, and, and I gotta tell you that you know the benefit of experience, right? But if you don't have experience, if you're a noob out there, this is where it becomes important to align partnerships with agents who know what they're doing. And I've said for years that you should start out on a team, spend a couple of years training under an expert like yourself, and then branch out on your own. But the other thing you can do, a little shameless self-promotion here, but is hire a coach, right? And as a foreclosure deals coach, we have Colorado Foreclosure Deals, which is obviously, Steve is a, a affiliate here who's got part of the branding message that's attached to Colorado Foreclosure Deals, and that generates a ton of leads. But as we expand into other markets, we are looking for agents who can speak the investor lingo, right? And be able to understand how to analyze numbers so you're not just a, a guy with a license and no disrespect to anybody who just got their license. I understand we all got to start somewhere, but if you're going to specialize in this niche, you have to be able to speak investor. And Steve, as somebody who works with investors all the time, it's pretty obvious that they speak a different language, right? It's just an entirely different process, is it not? I, I agree, it is. I think it's knowing, again, what the motivations are behind it and 
you know, one of the things I, I love on the investment side is a lot of it's a lot more cut and dry as to what works and what doesn't. That's right. Um, there's still the emotional piece to it, but not as much as it with a retail buyer or seller. And that really gives a lot of flexibility to, you know, be able to help make decisions and help identify what opportunities might work well for somebody yes. um, and which ones don't. Um, and you'll really simplify that relationship so that you know what you're looking for and, and define how you can bring value to that investor. Absolutely. And, you know, what we do at the Foreclosure Deals Coach side is we are partnering with agents all across the country, slowly but surely, because trying to find somebody, listen, it's a training program, and we're willing to help establish your brand on local market, but we really want people who know what they're doing to some degree to begin with, right? And I'm not I'm not saying that to be negative. If you're out there trying to learn the investment side of the business in your local marketplace and want to, want to put the power of the Foreclosure Deals Coach slash your state foreclosure your deals brand behind you, that's what we're here to do for you, right? So we provide an entire Facebook page and infrastructure, the training, but most importantly, we speak investor here, okay? So if you're a qualified agent, you've got a good handle of your local market, and you're looking to add a foreclosure or investment division, we'd love to chat with you about it. Steve's a great example of if you're already good at working with investors, we can help you to do a lot more investment deals. Are you working with a lot more investors kind of since we partnered up? Are you doing more investment deals than you were prior, would you say? Yes, I certainly have grown that that segment of the business, and it's one of those things that I think can be a great um, thing to have different components to your business. You know, certainly the investment piece a lot of times is you know, smaller deals, more but more consistent deals, mm-hmm. and the mix of that, uh, especially as you know, when we do hit a, a changing market again, um, having you know income that comes from several different types of sources is certainly a good thing, and it's to me one of the things that most agents struggle with the most over their career mm-hmm. is getting very pigeonholed into business coming from one type of source or one avenue, yes, and then you know struggling to uh, make that shift when when the market shifts, and so I've always been a big believer that. While you want to have your one or two primary focuses, um, certainly developing and having the infrastructure in place to be able to adapt quickly. Um, I think it's not a matter of you know if you need to adapt or not. It's a matter of when when, when you will need when. to adapt. That's right. And the quicker you can make that shift, the agents that make that shift quicker um, typically are the ones that thrive the most in any any ever changing market. And I think, you know, unfortunately, the, the business was so focused around our typical commission rate, 3% or whatever you're getting paid in your market on the buy side, that it's hard to alter outside of that. You pointed out something very poignant. These are smaller deals, and it's a, it's a different relationship when you're dealing with investors, right? You're, it's a whole different comp package. Everything is different. We're not going to get into actual number disclosure here, but understand that you're looking for that consistent business and branding as an investment specialist, right? You're, you're trying to build a, I've done more negotiations with banks than the typical agent. I, I'm still shocked at how many people have been in the real estate market for 10, 15, 20 years who have never bought a HUD foreclosure. Are you still running into people like that? Certainly, I think there's a lot of that in the market. And and to that point, um, I, I do think it's a matter of you know, looking at your business from the big long-term picture and, yes. you know, every every deal you do, every relationship you have, every experience, um, looking at how you extrapolate that into, you know, serving your business and your clients better over the lifetime of your career. And so it's very easy to get focused on the, the here and now in the short term, but, you know, sometimes the, 
consistency of that or what you learned through that process or if that helps you dial in your systems and processes better in your business. Uh, those things can have huge effects on other aspects of your business that have nothing to do with the investment side that can you know, make a huge difference in what your career looks like over the next five years. And guys, I've, I've got a question for both of you. As somebody who's kind of like starting out in it, I know you guys are talking about, you know, you all speak investor. So for those people who are like, looking in, looking to get into it and looking to learn more about foreclosures and things of that nature. Is this just, a, you know, an at-bats thing where in the, the number of investors that you work with, the number of, you know, flippers that you work with, you'll be able to gain that information more quickly? Or is there like, you know, uh, resources, maybe books or different things that you can uh, access that would maybe help people kind of speed that process up? That's a great question. I, I'll, I'll jump on that and have you respond to that as well, Steve. But I will say it is both at-bats and exposure. When I was getting into the game, I, was, I had the pleasure of being surrounded by mentors who were just doing deals on such a consistent basis that I developed just by gleaning knowledge, by being close to them, I got better at it. So that, that's phase one, just being around it. Because when you spend a lot of time with retail agents, as most brokerages are, you're learning the retail business for better or for worse, right? Right now, at least in the springs market, retail is not doing so great. And the reason retail is not doing so great is because there's a huge inventory shortage coupled with a whole bunch of agents competing for the same inventory that there's not much of. That's what's being taught. That's what this generation is getting. It's a very hand-me deals, not create deals environment. With Steve and the, the partnership that we, we're, we are working with, because he's so experienced anyway, I count on him to negotiate from an investment perspective. How to write the offer, what the contracts are supposed to look like, how to make the and seller will be confident that you have our ability to close. And in my opinion, it's an entirely different language than retail, right? The, the motivation of the seller, be it a bank or a distressed seller or whatever, is entirely different than the guy who just wants to sell his house, right? So number one is being around it, right? And number two is what you said at bat. You can only really get experience in this by investing 15 years in the game, you know, as Steve has here, doing so many transactions. If you're going to operate at this level, you need transactional experience. There's no shortcut for actually doing it. I could give you a thousand different books. We could go over a bunch of learning material. You can even be part of my coaching program where I'm walking you through it. And none of that will ultimately substitute actual deal experience. Would you agree with that, Steve? Yeah, I think you certainly learn the most from deal experience. I think to get to the point from, you know, starting out to, you know, getting down that road of getting that experience, I think it's delving into and determining what things you can learn the quickest to help bring value to others. So, you know, you may not understand the, you know, all the ins and outs of what somebody's going to do when they flip. Mm -hmm. But if you can learn your market very well and be able to go in and, accurately you know tell an investor quickly you know here's what i think this is worth in its current condition here's what potential it has you know here are the things that i see being our biggest hurdles when we go back to the market here are the things that i think you absolutely need to correct here are the things that we probably don't need to address to you know make this work on, on the back end um i think a lot of those things are the things that uh, most agents you know, don't take the time to delve into and even just learn their market well enough to, you know, be that resource. So to me, the only way you get the at-bats to have more transactional experience is by, you know, finding the ways to, you know, understand your market a little bit better than the average agent and, 
you know, actually bring some value to that investor to where you take some things off their plate. Oh, okay. And for each investor, I think that can be a different, you know, avenue. Some of them that can be, you know, going out and looking at all the properties and then coming back to them with a list of what all needs to be done in them. Some of them that can be, you know, they're going to determine that and want to see them, but okay. you having accurate numbers um, or any number of different things like that. So I think that's a conversation as you meet and get the opportunity to meet with the different investors of digging into and determining, you know, where does their system need help or need value added and being that person that's willing to go put in, put in some time and effort to learn those things. And it's so important you bring that up because there's more to this than the retail side of it. This is a holistic approach. I know one investor you represent is looking to do 50 deals this year, right, which is a very lofty goal, but the amount of negotiation you're going to be in, both on the buy side and the sell side, there's a hundred at bats right there just in one year. So in what the average agent doing five transactions is going to do a year, the average agent is doing 4.3 transactions annually. Steve's going to do that 20 times this year. That's 20 years experience in one year. Now, leveling with you, when you're dealing with the wholesale side, the investor is going to negotiate every bit of your compensation package, right? (laughs) Because at that volume, They've got to control their costs a little bit, but you're getting tons of deal experience. You may not be making as much per deal as a typical retail agent is making, but you're doing 100 transactions as opposed to the average agent doing five, and you're getting that transaction experience. You're getting that market branding. You're becoming known as an investment expert, and now people are coming to you wanting to work with you because you've built this track record. Hey, my investors would absolutely say, Steve gets the job done. Like, no doubt about it. Like, I've not had one disappointed investor working with Steve on the investment side because he totally understands how that market's supposed to work, and he's extremely good at bringing deals to the table that need to get closed. So yeah, kudos to you for building that kind of enterprise, man. It's, uh, it is not easy, and I know <laughs> I am firsthand on some of his investor relations and what's going on because they're clients that I brought into the system. You know, and I know how difficult some of these people can be, but they have to support the bottom line. The money's all that matters to an investor, you know. So for a lot of people who are looking to get licensed and just do retail, if you're not a pretty strong negotiator, if you're not the type of person who can take, you know, who can take a no and then reframe it to get the desired result, don't look at this as a sales job. Because if you go into an investor associate in real estate as a sales job, you're in trouble. You've got to look at this more from a legal angle, like a lawyer who can plead a case and create an environment that's a win-win for everybody involved. We're not looking to tear anybody's head off in this business, okay? There's a good to real estate investing. The good is we take low-market properties off the market, we fix them up, we improve neighborhoods. We employ construction companies with people whose lives depend on getting these houses redone, right? We change the market dynamics. We are helping the market. There's a big picture thing that also has to be very profitable. There's a lot of money to be made, but you've got to change your view from I got to sell this house to I have to provide a service to my investors, to my clients, the people I represent to ultimately put them in a better situation than they were when they started, not just about getting commission checks. Does that make sense? Makes a lot of sense. Yeah, absolutely. I th- and I think the real estate industry as a whole is making that shift. I think, you know, the idea of uh, being a consultant or advisor for clients, whether retail or investor, and even more so on the investment side, um, you know, that shift in the real estate industry, I think, is inevitable. And, and again, I think the agents that will adapt to that the you know, sooner, uh, the better it will be for their career long term. I totally agree with that. And I've been saying it for a while. If you guys listen to the show, I have been saying that the agent model as we know it is slowly fading out. 
Okay, and it's it's going away by the likes of Zillow, who is going to do flat fee listings. They're already doing it in certain markets. They're trying to replace the investor by doing Zillow offers and buying houses off the market before they exist. You've got these massive behemoths that are trying to get us to go the way of the life insurance agent or the auto insurance agent, okay, or the travel agent. We're heading down that road. So if you can't find a way as an agent to provide more value than hey, I can show you a house. You're in real trouble in the next coming years. And I'm not trying to scare you. I'm trying to encourage you to pick a niche. If your niche happens to be the investment world, good for you. I would love to chat with you and help you along with that vision, okay, either by partnering up with you with a local state foreclosure deals page or by just advising you to go the right direction on that. But if you're going to become a specialist in this, you need to become a specialist in this. Okay, which means you have to be a better negotiator, a better understander of how the market is moving. The fact that there are two markets in Colorado Springs, I think if you talk to an average agent, they wouldn't know that. Right? They're looking at it from prices and dollars and cents rather than understanding there's a huge segment between the luxury market and the guy just trying to buy a house, which is why Colorado Springs is such a hotbed of real estate because it's combining these two worlds of uber elite people with entry-level people while that lasts, because Colorado Springs is starting to price itself out of the market too, right? Are we seeing a lot of people being forced out of this town just because it's gotten so expensive? I think we're headed that direction. We haven't taken that turn as, as much as areas like Denver, different things have over the last couple of years, but there's always a balance in the in markets that you know you will you will see that happen and, and then they correct when they need to. And you know, Colorado Springs has always sustained well in that just because we've always had consistent growth. Um, versus the you know, huge swings. So we're certainly that. on the upper end of one of the, those swings. Um, but I, I think we've got the you know, infrastructure and economy that will sustain that. So here we are, you know, and here we're going because it's going to change. It's happening right before your eyes. Your job as an agent is not to, to report the news, okay? The, the market is happening as it's happening. Your job is to create the news. And if you are an agent out there trying to figure out how you can add more value, pick a niche. Any niche at all is fine. If you want to be a neighborhood specialist, fine. I love it. Go for it. Right? You want to be a condo. Down, we have a downtown Denver condo specialist. We're going to get on the show here in a few weeks down the road. Pick an area. But if you're going to be an investment specialist, which is where I think the market is trending right now, the time to do it, the time to start building that niche is right now. And certainly we'd love to work with you in that capacity. But the thing is, you have to decide this is what you want and then work your business around that as Steve has done a wonderful job of doing. So let's wrap up. We want to keep these shows relatively short. Uh, we're getting to that 30-minute mark. Steve, how can somebody get in touch with you about either expanding their career in real estate uh, by joining up with your Pruitt Group firm or uh, maybe investing in real estate? What's a good way to get in touch with you? Uh, best way is uh, cell phone, 719-439-0241. Our website is Pruitt Group Co., uh, P-R-E-W-I-T-T, group, C-O for Colorado.com, um, or Steve Pruitt. Um, on any uh, social media channels. Yeah, check check them out. Go check them on LinkedIn. We will post this on the Foreclosure Deals Coach page as well so you can get in touch with Steve. And guys, listen, we appreciate you tuning in. Like It's been incredible what's going on with the listenership of this show, just increasing numbers each and every single week. People are tuning in, downloading these podcasts, getting the word out about the foreclosure deal message. This is a movement, man. And, and what we're trying to do is just educate. You have to understand the market is shifting and our goals to help you get out in front of that shift. We can't stay at these ridiculous high prices and ridiculous low inventory forever. There has to be a change. And I don't mean that to be a negative thing. The good news is, is people 
people understand change before it happened can not only profit from it, but they can help others to expand their lives, their networks, build an empire of real estate. And if that is your goal, if you're looking to do more than just buy a house, then we can help you with that. But in the meantime, as we end every single show that we do here in Foreclosure Deals Coach, it's important to note that while you're out there shopping, don't you dare buy a house. Buy a deal. Thank <laughs> you.